Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We consider it an honor to host you. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or on Instagram. Now let's get ready for the message. Right, Bethesda, it is my honor at this time to bring our guest speaker for today out. He is somebody that I have the honor of calling a dear friend. He serves on our staff here as our care pastor. If you guys could stand to your feet and lose your mind for Pastor Charles Kennison, let's give it up for him. Good morning. Thank you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I would like to... uh, to thank Pastor Chad and the, uh, um, the executive team for the opportunity. It's always a great honor and a privilege and a great responsibility to share the word of God. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Well, listen, I don't know who you think you are, but I, uh, I'm hoping to change your mind before you leave. How's that? You'll see where we're going here. I want to talk to you today about something that uh, I believe it's, if not the biggest problem in the, in the modern day American church, it's one of the biggest problems. However, I would say it's the number one problem. And I'm going to, uh, going to title today, Identity Theft. The church doesn't know who she is. The bride of Christ doesn't know who she's married to. Do you know the authority you have? Do you know the power that resides in you? The question comes down to this, who do you think you are? Because it all starts right there. All starts in your mind. Who do you think you are? Because you know your thoughts form your perception. Your perception is your reality. That's the way you walk because that's what you believe. That's the way you see yourself. So in trying to find out who we are, Let's go back to the beginning. Let's find out who God created man to be. So let's go to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. Genesis 1 and verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Now you have to keep in mind that God is a triune being, so he can talk to himself. That's all right, right? He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You're a triune being too. Your spirit, soul, and body. So your spirit had better be telling your soul and your body what to do. So God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God gave him dominion over all the earth. That was man. He's in the garden. Adam and Eve are in the garden. He's made, the New Testament refers to him as the son of God. Adam, the son of God, is in the garden. He has dominion over all the earth. He lives without any thought of lack, need, want, any distance between him and God. No thought that the Father would ever reject him. Anything he would say, anything he would ask for, they were in perfect communion. He had no knowledge of good and evil. Can you imagine that? No conscience 
He had no knowledge of good and evil. He wouldn't even know if he did anything wrong. To him, nothing was wrong. Could you imagine the fellowship with the Father? If nothing would condemn you? Nothing. He walked with God in the cool of the day. Just buddies. <laughs> you know, hey, how was your day? Well, you know, I found out all this cool stuff that you gave me, and you know, you're just, you're just living the life. But <laughs> there are two main trees in the garden. There was a tree of life. And the tree of life had fruit on it that if Adam and Eve would have stretched out their hand and if they would have taken of that fruit and ate it, they would have lived forever. They had that. They had that opportunity. Anytime they could have reached out and took hold of that fruit. But there was another tree besides the tree of life, another main tree in the garden, in the midst of the garden. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the one in which God said, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So we're going to call it the tree of death. So you have the tree of life and the tree of death. And then we see Adam and Eve hanging out under the tree of death. Now, if there's a cliff that you could fall off of and die, are you going to see how close you can get to it? Or are you going to try to stay as far as you can away from it? But here they are hanging out underneath the tree of death. And you know the story. The serpent shows up, starts talking to Eve. And this is, this is, this is going to be the, uh, the Pastor Charles paraphrase. So he shows up and he says, uh, Eve, did, did God really say you can't eat of any tree in the garden? She said, no, no, we can eat of, all the, we can eat of any of the trees in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because if, if we eat of it, if we even touch it, we're going to die. So she was a little sketchy there about the rules. And he said, this is what's going on. No, 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 no. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. This is what he knows. The big man's trying to keep you under his thumb. You know, you would be so much better at running this place than he is. You know, if you could have authority, that's exactly what got the devil kicked out of heaven to start with. Hello? And that's what he uses on her. You know what? You should be running. If you take this fruit, you'll be just like him. She was already made in his likeness and in his image. But he was trying to sell her something she already had. It was a half-truth, which is a 100% lie. But she took of it and gave to her husband who was with her. I mind you, it was Adam who received the commandment from God not to eat of the tree. Men, let this be a lesson. If the ship is going in the wrong direction, it's the captain's fault. It's the captain's fault. If your sports team's losing, what do they do? They fire the coach. So it didn't take long for Adam and Eve to realize that they only had authority when they were under the authority of the authority. You only have authority when you are under God's authority. He gave them authority, but then they stepped out from under that authority. Identity theft. Their identity was stolen. They lost their standing. They lost their position. When they were in their correct position, when they knew their role and they were walking in it, they had power. They had authority. They had, they had complete command over all the elements of the world. The earthly elements were under their command. And then what happened? God put them out of the garden. 
He said, Adam, this, the things that you once spoke to, and they did what you told them to do. Now you're going to have to work this land by the sweat of your brow. Now it's going to cost you. Now you're going to have to work for it. Because the things that you had dominion over now have dominion over you. You're now slave to the elements of the world that you once could speak to and rule over. He said this, this ground is not going to produce good for you now. Now it's going to produce thorns and thistles. So it didn't take long to realize that they were out of their role, that they had lost their authority, that their identity had been stolen. But then there's good news because Jesus shows up and he's called the last Adam because he came to regain everything the first Adam lost. Now notice it doesn't say he's the second Adam because there's no third Adam that's going to show up and correct what Jesus did. Do you hear me? Nobody's going to show up and say, nah, nah, he got it wrong. Now, this is the way it should be. It's not happening. That's why he's the last Adam. Now, he shows up on the scene, regained everything that Adam had lost. He shows up as a man. He emptied himself of being God when he came to earth, born in the flesh. He received the power of the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. So he was a man empowered by the Holy Spirit to live as our example. The Bible says he is our example. You're reading the New Testament. If you're reading the Gospels, there's only one that you can look at that looks like you, and that's Jesus. Because the, the disciples, they didn't have what you have. Not at that time. Jesus hadn't died yet. They didn't have what you have. Jesus is the only example that you can look at in the Gospels. So he's living a God life as a God man. He lived in dominion, had authority. He showed us how a child of God operates. You want to act like a child? Act like a child of God. Jesus lived as a king and a priest. He had authority. He had authority over all the earthly elements. He had authority over the wind, the sea. He had authority over fish, over food, over the fig tree, over spirits, over water. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. Wasn't a big deal for him. Why? Because he had that authority. If it's in your authority to do it, it's not a big deal. You can handle that. So he acted as a priest, as a king and a priest. You understand a king, he walked in authority. Okay, well, he, he walked as a priest as well. A priest not only represents man before God and goes on our behalf to God, but he also represented God before man. He showed man what God looked like. That's who Jesus is, but who are we? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because he is our example. We're going to dive into some scriptures here that's going to tell you who you are. Colossians 1, 26 and 27. This is so awesome. It says, The mystery which was hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is this mystery that was hidden for generations and ages? The great key, the key to life, what everybody's looking for. What is it? It's Christ in you. Did you get it? Do you understand it? It's Christ in you. What's the whole world looking for? Christ in you. It's the hope of glory. That's it. That's the secret. 
You've got it. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is how Christ could enter into us. This is how we could have the anointing. Notice that it says in the, the former scripture there in Colossians 1.27, it says Christ in you. He didn't use the name Jesus. He didn't use his name. He used his title. Because you're not Jesus, but you are Christ. You are anointed one. You have the anointed one in you. You understand that? You are the anointed of the Lord. How could he do that? Because he made you righteous. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Repeat after me. I am the righteousness of God. If you didn't feel comfortable saying that, you need to keep saying it until you feel comfortable saying it. Because that's who you are. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So who do you think you are? Who died and left you in charge? Jesus. Romans 5.17, for by one man's offense, death reigned through one, that would be through Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. Are you reigning in life? Do you reign in life? If we're not reigning, we're not doing it right. It says we will reign in life through Jesus Christ. Notice that it says the gift of righteousness. It's a gift. Are you trying to become righteous? Are you trying to become a son? No, that's who you are. Do you go and, and beg your dad every day to be a son? Can I be your son today? What about today? Can I be your son? Can I be your son? No, you are his son. You are. It's not something that we're striving to be. It's something we already are. You don't have to pay for a gift. Oh, I got to earn it. Do you have to earn your gifts? No, it was freely given. Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, God said, he told Adam and Eve, that told Adam, he said, you know, the moment you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. In that day, you shall surely die. Did he die? Did he, he didn't physically die. He spiritually died. He died a spiritual death. He didn't physically fall over. He'd still be laying under the tree. So when he's talking about us not living according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. If you're born again, you've been made alive in the spirit. You have the spirit of God within you. Now you have to live according to the Spirit. See, we spend our whole lives living under the fallen nature until we become born again. We're used to, we're used to the knowledge of the carnal flesh. We're, we're used to our, our senses teaching us and training us. And that's what we had to go by because we didn't have the guidance. We didn't have the teacher within us. But now we have the Holy Spirit. So our go-to shouldn't be, well, my five senses tell me this. It should be, no, God tells me this. That's the huge shift. That's Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority. How much? How much authority does Jesus have? All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. All authority. Why is that important? Because we're one with him. We're one with Christ. 
He's the firstborn of many brethren. We're all heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. He's our elder brother. So we have the same inheritance, not a lesser inheritance, the same inheritance. And the Bible talks about the two becoming one, and he says, don't, don't get caught up on marriage. Yeah, I'm talking about a husband and wife, but what I'm really talking about is Christ and the church. They're one. Like Pastor Chad was, was preaching when he said, I hope when you think about me, you don't see a head versus, you know, apart from the body. Like we're trying to separate the head and the body. No, they're one. They're one. You know, uh, we, we hear it. I've heard it a lot over the years. You know, the church talking about we're the hands of Jesus. We're the feet of Jesus. Who do you think you are? Do you think you're the presence of God on the earth? You are. You are. Galatians 3, 26. It says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You're all sons. If you're born again, you are a son of God. You have that position as the firstborn, as the only begotten, as the beloved of the Father. Why? Because you're in Christ. You're one with him. So you have the same standing as, as Jesus. Galatians 4 and verse 3 says, Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. Does that sound familiar? But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You might have came in here a slave, but you can leave a son. You might have come in here a servant, but you're going to leave a king. You might have come in here unholy, but you're going to leave a priest because that's who you are. So we know that Jesus not only was a son, but a king and a priest. He still is. And we are seated in heavenly places with him right now. He's present here with us in Revelation 5, or excuse me, Revelation 1, 5 and 6. He didn't leave you out. It says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you know you were a king? Did you wake up this morning? Look in the mirror. Good morning, King Charles. Did you know you were a priest? You were a priest of God? Get up this morning, you say, I anoint you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. You have that power. You have that authority. That's you. That's who you are. We got to walk in it. I'm going to give you a job description. It's the job description of Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, verse, starting in verse 16, said, So he came to Nazareth, where he was brought up. And as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. You're already like Jesus. You're in church on the Sabbath day. Come on. Come on. You're looking like him right now. That's what I'm talking about. You're my kind of people. My kind of people. So he came into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read. and It was handed to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is his job description. And if it's his job description, it's our job description. This is our job description. Then it says that he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant. He sat down and he began to speak. And he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So who did Jesus think he was? He just told him. He said, I believe this word. I believe the word of God. I believe what it says about me. And this is what Jesus is saying to you today. He's saying, I need you to believe this. I need you to believe that you are who I say you are. I need you to believe that you can do what I say you can do. I need you to believe this. He believed it. it says when he sat down and said to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It said they all marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth and they said, is this not Joseph's son? What'd they say? They said, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? He knew who he was. That's why he said what he said. That's why he did what he did. Because of who he thought he was. He said, I know who I am. And that's what he's asking us to do today. Today, it's our responsibility. John chapter 9 and verse 4. Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night comes, the night is coming, when no one can work. What's that mean? Well, first off, he said, I must work the works of him who sent me. Jesus didn't even claim the works. Jesus did the words. God did the works. God the Father, the Holy Spirit within him, did the works. And he, he even said that when they, uh, when they were going to stone him. They picked up stones to stone him to death. And, and he said, many good works have I done. Which one do you stone me for? They said, not for a good work. You make yourself out to be God. Well, there's a reason for that. He had the Holy Spirit within him. He was representing God to man. He was in his office as a priest. And he says, work the works while it is day. The night comes when no one can work. In other words, you're going to die. You got to work while you're alive. This word is for now. This is for now. It's not for heaven. It's for now. We got to work the works of him who sent us while it is day. We were each sent to reach our generation. We can't reach the generation before us, but we can reach this generation and the generations after us. That's what we're here for. That's what it's about today. Today, the world is looking for you. But the question is, who do you think you are? Because that's who you'll act like. Jesus was bold in knowing who he was and acting Accordingly, it wasn't only his right, but it was his responsibility. Just like the Great Commission could be called the Great Accountability. Because he says, go. And actually that word in scripture that's translated there where it says, go in all the world. It's the same Greek word that he used, that Jesus used when he cast out demons. <laughs> he said, Go into all the world. 
In other places, it's, it's, it's translated cast out. So he cast out the disciples. <laughs> cast them out to reach the world. Go. It was a command. A command. You want to know what a, um, a king looks like? What's it like to live as a king? I'm going to give you an example of an earthly king in the book of Esther. Chapter 8, verse 8 says, You yourselves write a decree concerning the Jews. Now this is the king. And actually here he's actually talking to Mordecai. So it's not the king who's writing the decree. But get this. You yourselves write a decree concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name. And seal it with the king's signet ring. For whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring, no one can revoke. That wasn't even the king doing it. It was somebody doing it in the king's name. In other words, in the king's place as the king. They were acting on the authority, in the authority of the king. Not even the king himself could revoke the word. Because this commandment was actually given to come against a commandment that Haman had already done in the king's name. He had set a day for the Jews to be slaughtered. And here, Mordecai sets a day for the Jews to defend themselves on the same day. Because they, the king himself couldn't change his word. Does that sound familiar? This is an earthly king. How much more the king of kings? It cannot be changed. Heaven and earth will pass away. His word will never pass away. In uh, John 19 and verse 11, this is uh, Pilate speaking. He's talking to Jesus. And he, he tells Jesus, he says, uh, don't you know I can have you killed? I can have you crucified or I can let you go. And you're not going to talk to me? You're not going to answer me? He's pretty much saying, who do you think you are? And this is what Jesus says. He said, Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. You know, he was a ruler. He wasn't used to people talking to him like that, especially somebody that he was about to condemn to death. He's like, what? You just told me I don't have any authority unless it was given to me. For, what, what are you talking about? But after that, he looked to let him go. <laughs> he said, I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. I just, let's get away from him. Uh, but that's the kind of authority. He knew. He knew. Know your role. Know who you are. You've got to get your thinking right. And that will change everything else. Just like we've gone through the series. All the series that we've been through this year. Monarchy, mind games. I mean, everything that we've been through is about who we are and about taking authority and about fighting against the world because the, the spirit of the world, of the small g God of this world, to come against it because we have authority. We're not the ones on the defense here. We're not. We're the one in authority. <laughs> we're the kings. We're the priests. We're the sons of God. So we're the ones who have that authority. In other words, if it's darkness around you, you're not very bright. He said, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I've never seen a fire that didn't put off light. We got our work cut out for us, but God has empowered us to do it. In John 14, 23, 
This just talks about the indwelling. And, and sometimes we, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, I, I kind of, maybe I'm all right with the Holy Spirit, but I'm not sure about Jesus or I don't know what God the Father thinks about me. Well, let me help you out here. Jesus answered and said to them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we, that's the father and the son, we will come to him and make our home with him. What? Not only do you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you got the Holy Spirit within you, you got the father and the son with you too. That's incredible. It says we're seated right now. Right now, if you're born again, right now, you're seated with him in heavenly places. Far above. Far above what? All principalities and powers. You're above all of them? That's right. That's right. You're above all of them. And he's here with you. How's that work? Not in the physical, in the spirit. You've been made alive in the spirit. In the spirit, you're there with him. In the spirit, he's here with you. So do you perceive who you are? If you're a king, act like one. Act like one. People are looking to see how you act. They're looking to see what you do. What's he doing? That's a little weird. That's all right. You're not used to being around a king. That's all right. That's all right. It's who we are. It's who we've been called to be. Jesus said, in my name you Will. In my name, you will. You will what? You'll heal the sick, raise the dead, you'll cast out devils, you'll speak with new tongues. In my name. He said, go. Go in all the world. Go. Make disciples. In my name, you will. What does that mean? Does that mean we're, we're playing a part in a, in, in a play of life? You know, we're trying to get our lines straight. We say, oh, there's a sick person. What do I do? Let me see here. I think I got this. I think I got this. Uh, you, you be healed in the name of Jesus. There we go. I got it right. I got it right. All right. No. That's not what it means. He says, go in my name as me. That's what he said. As me. As Jesus. Go into the world. As Jesus. Heal the sick. As Jesus. Raise the dead. As Jesus. Speak with new tongues. As Jesus. Cleanse the leper. You're going in his place, in his stead. You're going as him. That's why it's the great commission. He couldn't do it anymore. He went to the Father and he said, that's, that's for your benefit. Because <laughs> I'm going to send the Spirit to be with all of you. Now you go as me. You go in my place. Listen, I can't make that meeting in 2020. <laughs> So you're going to have to go in my place. You're going to have to go on my behalf and say, yeah, I'm here representing the king of kings. How can I help you? Because the world is asking for help. And we're the only ones who can do it. Because we're the only ones who have what we have. The ones who are born again. The ones who have the power. The ones who have the responsibility, the authority as a son. So don't stop trying to get your lines straight. And start being a son. Start acting like a son. You represent your father. Doesn't a son represent their father? When you go somewhere, and they, oh, yeah, yeah. That's so-and-so's boy right there. You see what he did? I'm going to tell his daddy. You're representing the king of kings today. 
So I have three things, um, three takeaways for you here. Number one, who do you think you are? I want you to think about what you think about. I want you to think about what you think about. You've got to think like Jesus. What are his thoughts? Guess what? These were God's thoughts before they were his words. It says you, the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. Renew your mind by the washing of the water of the word. You want to know what God thinks? Get in his word. Get his word into you. Number two, who do you say you are? Who do you say you are? You've got to say who Jesus says you are. You've got to say that you are who Jesus says you are. In other words, you've got to speak like Jesus. You've got to speak like him. I just recently heard a testimony of somebody who uh, said the Lord really, really called him out on his words because he said his life was going like this, up and down, up and down, up and down. And the Lord showed him, well, that's because you're speaking good. You're speaking good things over your life and you're going up and then you start saying other stuff and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down it goes, because your words are directing your future. You eat the fruit of your lips. So what we speak out, that's how we rule in the spirit. How did Jesus rule in the spirit? With his words. He spoke to the storm. He spoke to the waves. He spoke to the fig tree. He spoke and it happened. His words are spirit and they are life. His words in your mouth are spirit and they are life. Number three, who do you act like you are? You have to do what Jesus says you can do. If you're not acting like Jesus, you're not acting like yourself. You're not acting like yourself today. Because you're not acting like Jesus. Now understand this. You say who you think you are, then you will become who you say you are. If you will say who you think you are, you'll become who you say you are. We can write our own future by the words of our mouth. Understanding who you are has nothing to do with who you've been. That should be good news for all of us. <laughs> Understanding who you are has nothing to do with who you've been. You're brand new. All things have passed away. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You're now the righteousness of God. You're now a son. You now have authority. You were that prodigal that came home and the father gave you a robe and a ring, sandals on your feet. You're going into the party. You've been set free. If the praise team will come back. You know, um, putting God in a box and limiting what he can do, that's one thing. Putting yourself in a box and limiting what you can do is the exact same thing. If your mind is putting a limit on what you can do, there are no limits in God. There are no limits. Well, I can't do that. It's, he's with you. He's in you. He's empowering you. Jesus said he didn't do the works. The Father did the works. So if the Father did the works through him, the Father can do the works through you. Do not limit God in your life. There are no limits. 
And, and God's word says that he will confirm his word with signs following. So today I'm believing for signs following. I'm believing for salvation. That anyone in here or anyone online who's not saved will not leave the same as they came. But they will leave as a son. I'm believing for anybody who needs healing. They'll receive it today. You don't have to pay for what God already paid for. Jesus died on that cross for our sins. He bore those stripes on the whipping post for your healing. He paid the penalty. He said he was marred beyond recognition. Couldn't even tell who he was. Couldn't even tell who he was. Do you think he was worthy? Do you think what he did paid for it? Then we don't have to. We don't have to. We're just fighting against... We're fighting against Satan. We're fighting against the devil who's trying to hide our identity, trying to steal it from us. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to go back to the Garden of Eden just for a minute. And I want you to think about that tree of life. It was always available. They could have eaten it at any time and they would have received eternal life. They would have received eternal life. Today, the fruit that hung on the tree, the fruit that hung on the tree of life provided eternal life. Today, the fruit that hung on the tree is Jesus Christ. He said, if you eat of my, of my flesh, you drink of my blood, you'll be one with me. That's a picture of communion. But that fruit today is available. So if you close your eyes for just a moment, if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus, who wants to become a son today, just raise your hand. If there's anyone online who doesn't know Jesus as Lord, who doesn't know Jesus as Savior, just go ahead and let that be known. And if there's anyone who would watch this in the future, and say, I want to be born again. I want my sins forgiven. I want righteousness. I want holiness. I want to be one with God. Then I would ask that we would all pray this prayer with them. Repeat after me. Now it's not the, it's not the words, it's not the words, it's the heart with the words. Because we know we believe in the heart and we confess with the mouth and we are saved. If you would just pray with me. Dear God, Forgive me my sins and cleanse me from unrighteousness. Create in me a clean heart and teach me your ways. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. We don't know who might receive the Lord who's already received the Lord. Those are signs following. I also want to give a chance if there's anybody here who has infirmity in their body. Go ahead and stand with me. Everybody just go ahead and stand up.
If you need to receive healing in your body, I'm asking you just to reach, just stretch your hand to heaven right now. Right now in the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus Christ. By his stripes, you were healed. Not you're gonna be healed. You don't have to try to be healed. You are healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So be it, so be it. As Mary, the mother of Jesus said, so be it to me, according to your word. According to your word. His word says you are healed. You don't have to walk in sickness and in lack and want. God's already provided a way. Receive his healing. It's here today. It's here today. You know, he said that he will, he will pour out of his spirit. His spirit is within you. His spirit is within you. It's pouring out into your flesh right now to heal your body. The spirit of God is in you. He's not far from you. You don't have to go and search for him. He's already here. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you don't know the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, if there's something you, 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 you think you're lacking something, it says how much more will he give his Holy Spirit? How much more will he pour it out? During this last song, I want you to focus on him. I want you to praise him for the gift of the Holy Spirit for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receive today what you came for. If you need something from God, now is the time. Receive today in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can go to BethesdaChurch.tv give. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day.